bringing hope to many around the globe, transforming lives into legacies. Live in Word with Pastor Mensah Otobil. And now, today's word. Let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 26 to 29. Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 26 to 29. This is God speaking. He says, Behold, I have set before you today a blessing and a curse. The blessing if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today. And the curse if you do not obey the commandments of the Lord your God, but turn aside from the way which I command you today. To go after the gods which you have not known. Now it shall be when the Lord your God has brought you into the land that you go to possess, that you shall put the blessing on Mount Gerizim and the curse on Mount Ebal. Now let me briefly explain that. When God made a covenant with the children of Israel, he made a covenant with them before they entered the promised land. They had just come out of the Red Sea and then they got to Mount Sinai and that is where the law was made. Then when they were entering the promised land, God says, I want to renew the covenant with you. But since you have now crossed the river Jordan and going to the promised land, that covenant cannot be renewed on Mount Sinai because that's far away. But you are now going to the promised land. So in the promised land, there is a place called Shechem. And in Shechem, there are two mountains, Gerizim and Ebal. And on those two mountains, the covenant will be renewed. Now, why uh, there? Because Shechem was the place where Abraham built his first altar. It is the place where uh, Jacob built an altar. Jacob built a well there. Those of you who know your New Testament a little bit, it was the place where Jesus went to the woman of Samaria uh, and sat by the well. And remember, she said, uh, some of you say it is on this mountain. Now, when she said this mountain, uh, that's what she was referring to, Mount Gerizim and Mount Ebal. Now, why are Mount Gerizim and Ebal important? They are important because in Deuteronomy chapter 27, God gives special instructions concerning these two mountains. And this is what it says. And Moses commanded the people on the same day saying, These shall stand on Mount Gerizim to bless the people when you have crossed over the Jordan. Simeon, Levi, Judah, Issachar, Joseph, Benjamin. Six of them. So he says, when you go to the, um, to the promised land, six tribes, and he announces them, they will stand on Mount Gerizim. And then he says, and these shall stand on Mount Ebal to curse. Reuben, Gad, Asher, Zebulun, Dan, and Naphtali. So when they went to the promised land, there are six of the tribes on Mount Gerizim, six of the tribes on Mount Ebal. The Levites are standing in the middle. And when they pronounce a blessing, Gerizim will say, Amen. And when they say a curse, Ebal will say, Amen. Are you following me? So the Levites are standing and say, Blessed is so and so. And those on Mount Gerizim will say, Amen. Curse is so and so. Those on Mount Ebal will say, Amen. All right. So now let's look at what is happening, what they pronounce. So verse 14, the Levites shall speak with a loud voice and say to all the men of Israel. Now from verse 15, he's speaking the curse and Mount Ebal is saying, Amen. This is the curse of the law. 
that Paul is talking about that you've been redeemed from by listening to it first. Curse is he who makes a carved or molded image an abomination to the Lord, the works of the hands of the craftsman, and set it up in a secret place, and all the people shall answer and say, Amen. Curse is the one who treats his father or his mother with contempt, and all the people shall say, Amen. Curse is the one who moves his neighbor's landmark, and all the people shall say, Amen. That one will affect a lot of Ghanaians who steal people's land. <laughs> Anytime you go and change somebody's plot, Verse 18, curse is the one who makes the blind to wander off the road. And all the people shall say, Amen, if you deceive a blind man. Curse is the one who perverts justice, Jew, the stranger, the fatherless, and the widow. And all the people shall say, Amen. Curse is the one who lies with his father's wife because he has uncovered his father's bed. And all the people shall say, Amen. Curse is the one who lies with any kind of animal. And all the people shall say, Amen. Curse is the one who lies with his sister, the daughter of his father, or the daughter of his mother. And all the people shall say, Amen. Curse is the one who lies with his mother-in-law. And the people shall say, Amen. Curse is the one who attacks his neighbor secretly. The people shall say, Amen. Curse is the one who takes a bribe to slay an innocent person. The people shall say, Amen. Curse is the one who does not confirm all the words of this law. All the people shall say, Amen. All right. Now, the thing about these curses, they don't just even come upon individuals. It comes upon everybody. It's like the sin of Achan. One person does it and everybody is under the curse. Now, when you go to the next chapter, the next chapter, chapter 28, from verse 1 starts with a blessing, but from verse 15 starts with the curses. And I'm going to read them. And this is not all. I can, if I read all the time, we won't have time. So I'll read a fraction of the curse. A fraction of it. But it shall come to pass, Deuteronomy 28, 15 to 24. But it shall come to pass, if you do not obey the voice of the Lord your God, to observe carefully all his commandments and his statutes, which I command you to say that all these curses will come upon you and overtake you. Curse shall you be in the city. Curse shall you be in the country. Curse shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Curse shall be the fruit of your body, the produce of your land, the increase of your cattle, the offspring of your flocks. Curse shall you be when you come in. Curse shall you be when you go out. The Lord will send on you cursing, confusion, and rebuke in you. All that you set your hand to do unto you are destroyed and until you perish quickly because of the wickedness of your doings in which you have forsaken me. The Lord will make the plague cling to you until he has consumed you from the land which you are going to possess. The Lord will strike you with consumption, with fever, with inflammation, with severe burning fever, with the sword, with scorching, with mildew. They shall pursue you until you perish. And your heavens which are over your head shall be bronze, and the earth shall be under you like iron. And the Lord shall change the rain of your land to powder and dust. From the heaven it shall come down on you until you are destroyed. And you can read the rest of it for yourself. This is the curse of the law and a lot more. So Paul says, now when you break the law, these are the things that come to you. There are specific things we read about on Mount Ebal. If you do this and do that and do that, this is what happens. And then he says, if you break any of the statutes, God will pursue you with trouble. I don't know about you. But when God is pursuing you with trouble, how do you pray? So if you look at it, you realize that breaking the law 
resulted in great misery and wretchedness. Great misery and wretchedness. Nothing works for you. And sometimes it may not be you who broke the law. It may even be your brother. Maybe your cousin. Maybe your family head. Breaks the law. And all these things are coming upon you. And upon the land. Because some of these curses, if you look, listen to them, they don't just come upon an individual. It comes upon the whole land. The whole land. So he says... Instead of rain, dust is raining, not water, upon the whole land. The whole land is in trouble because they've disobeyed. That is what is called the curse of the law. The curse of the law. But the Bible says Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. How did he do it? Because he became a curse. On the tree, on the cross, all of these woes were poured on him for your sake. The cross is a place of exchange where what I justly deserve is put on the one who doesn't deserve it. Jesus Christ hung on the cross. And everything we read here hit him. He carried it in his body on the cross. On the cross, Jesus redeemed us from the curse of the law. He submitted himself to the cross to carry all the curses resulting from disobeying the law. He took the shame and the punishment of those who broke the law. The word redeem means to atone for or recover something that is lost. Under the law, there are certain sins that had no recourse to redemption. When you committed them, it was called an abomination. They would stone you nicely or thrust you with a spear, kill you, take you off. Because the way to take the sin out was to take the sinner out. So when, when a person sins, God doesn't take your sin out under the law. He takes you out. You and your sin, both go. On the cross, Jesus became the curse of the law. Does it mean people, uh, because he's redeemed, as a, you can just go and sin anyhow? No, it means that even the person who has done the vilest sin can be redeemed. The person who has done the most unimaginable that everybody looks and says, ah, how can a human being do that? If that person genuinely repents, they will be born again. It just means there is no sin beyond salvation. There is no sin beyond salvation. Some of the things that you read here, you say, oh, a human who, being who does this, you go straight to hell. You know, human beings like to dispatch people to hell. For what you have done, you are going straight to hell. Jesus is saying, because of what I did, no one should go straight to hell. Because I have made it possible that even the most despicable human being can be forgiven. 
the most despicable, the, the, the person who has done something that everybody listened to and said, ah, is this, is God, this person should be quickly beheaded. He can be saved. Men like Hitler, if they repented, will be saved. Now, believe you me, I don't like it. I don't like it. I can't take it. I say, for doing that, you must go to hell and burn. But Christ says, that's what you want. But that's what I did. Even Hitler can be saved. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law. In other words, the curse of the law is no longer a disqualification for salvation. Now, I can't read all the things that they said amen to, but some of them I don't want to repeat with my mouth again the second time. But he says if you do them, and you generally come to Christ Jesus for salvation, he will not say because you did that, my blood can't wash you. He says that even if you did that, I can save you. There is no sin beyond the cross. He became a curse for us. Now he says that he redeemed us from the curse of the law and qualified us Gentiles to partake of the blessing of Abraham. The blessing of the Abraham was supposed to be for the natural descendants of Abraham. But on the cross, the door was open so that I, a fanti, you, a gar, Gentile, heathens, can partake of the blessing of Abraham. To be blessed means to be full, to be adored. So what is the blessing of Abraham? And I'm going to read six passages that contain various blessings that God pronounced on Abraham. And I'm going to do them a bit quickly. Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 to 3. This is, instead of the curse, this is what God says is coming to us. Now the Lord has said to Abraham, get out of your country from your father, from your family, from your father's house to the land which I'll show you. I'll make you a great nation. I will bless you. I'll make your name great. You shall be a blessing. I'll bless those who bless you. I'll curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. This is part of the blessing of Abraham. Genesis 13, verses 14 to 17. And the Lord said to Abraham, after Lot has separated from him, lift up your eyes now and look from the place where you are, northward, southward, eastward, westward, for all the land which you see I will give to you and your descendants forever. And I will make your descendants as the dust of the earth, so that if a man could number the dust of the earth, then your descendants could also be numbered. Arise, walk in the land through its length and its width, for I give it to you. It's a blessing of Abraham. Genesis 14, 18 to 20. Then Melchizedek, the king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was the priest of the Most High God. And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abraham of God Most High, possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be God Most High, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And he gave him a tithe of all. Genesis 15, 4 to 6. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, saying, This one shall not be your heir, but one who will come out from your own body shall be your heir. And he brought him outside and said, Look now toward heaven and count the stars if you are able to number them. And he said to him, So shall your descendants be. And he believed in the Lord, and he accounted it to him for righteousness. 
Genesis 17, 1 to 6. When Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abraham and said to him, I am almighty God. Walk before me and be blameless. And I will make my covenant between me and you and will multiply you exceedingly. Then Abraham fell on his face and God talked with him saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with you. You shall be a father of many nations. No longer shall your name be called Abraham, but your name shall be called Abraham, for I've made you a father of many nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful. I will make nations of you and kings shall come from you. That's the blessing of Abraham. Genesis 22, verse 13 to 18. Then Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by its horns. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up for a burnt offering instead of his son. And Abraham called the place the Lord will provide, as it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. Then the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time out of heaven and said, By myself I have sworn, says the Lord. Because you have done this thing and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will bless you. Blessing, I will bless you. Multiplying, I'll multiply your descendants at the stars of the heaven and at the sun on which which is on the seashore and your descendants shall possess the gate of their enemies and in your seed all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law from Mount Ebal so that the blessing of Abraham will come upon you. When Jesus died on the cross there was an exchange. The blessing of Abraham came and the curse of the law went. That which is supposed to be yours because of your disobedience, he took it out of the way. And that which you don't deserve, he made available to you. Because the cross is a place of exchange. The negative went and the positive came in. Isn't it interesting that the cross in our current arithmetic symbolism is a plus. It's a plus. It's an addition. It adds to your life. And it brings blessing to your life. So what are the blessings of Abraham? First, it is the blessing of covenant with God. God gave himself to Abraham. He blessed Abraham with himself. This is the greatest blessing of all. When God reaches out to where we are and he gives himself to us. He gave himself to us through Jesus Christ. That is the foundational blessing, the covenant, the, the God who reaches out to you. When you don't even know him, when Abraham was in his father's house, God reached out to him. The blessing of covenant and covenanted with him. When we receive the blessing of Abraham, we come into covenant with God. Secondly, the blessing of Abraham is the blessing of righteousness through faith. The law said righteousness based on obedience to the requirements. The blessing of Abraham says the just shall live by faith. And Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Abraham's righteousness was not based on his works. It was based on his faith. Believing God's word. And that is our blessing also. The blessing of covenant. The blessing of righteousness. Third, the blessing of increase and greatness. God blessed Abraham with increase of his descendants. Out of one man, many descendants will come forth. He blessed him with a great name. 
It's the blessing of Abraham. You have that blessing. If Christ is yours, he has redeemed you from the curse of the law and you have access to the blessing of increase and greatness. The fourth blessing of Abraham is the blessing of possessions, assets and resources, land. In, all, in addition to all the spiritual blessings, Abraham was blessed with massive assets and resources. He had land, he had gold, he had silver, he had expensive jewelry, and he had massive livestock. That is the blessing of Abraham, the blessing of possession. When you have the blessing of Abraham, you have no right to be poor. You have no right. Now, somebody will say, well, pastor, you know, some of us, uh, we, we, we must be poor so that others will be rich. No. If you are of Christ, you have re been redeemed from the curse of the law, and you are now blessed with the blessing of Abraham. Wherever you go, blessing follows you. Whatever you touch, blessing will follow it. The devil may fight you all the way. They fought Isaac. When he dug a well, they fought him, they fought him, they fought him, but God will bless you and you will get your Rehoboth because when the blessing of Abraham is upon you, nobody can permanently take away from you what God has given to you. There will be fights to be fought. There will be enemies to be confronted but you are blessed. Somebody say, I'm blessed. The blessing of Abraham is deliverance from your enemies. God blessed Abraham with victory in every battle. When he went into battle, he came back victorious. I'm here to declare to somebody, you will win that battle because of the blessing of Abraham. Not because you are smart, not because you are intelligent, but thank God for the cross. That's why Paul says, that is the only thing I can boast in. That is my only credential, the cross of Jesus Christ. Because on the cross, a divine exchange took place. My curse was removed and the blessing that I didn't deserve came upon me. The blessing of deliverance from enemies. Every human being has got enemies. If you don't have enemies, you are not consequential. Blessed are those who have enemies, for they have shown that they are important. Jesus says, when everybody likes you, you look at yourself. When everybody likes you, say, look at yourself. It means that you have no consequence. That's what Jesus says. Because if you're doing the right thing, it is a matter of process. Somebody will hate you. Somebody who hasn't seen you, doesn't know you, just hates you. You know, sometimes you may just be dressed up nicely, wearing your shoe, and somebody say, who does he think he is? <laughs> Have I cost you anything? Somebody may drive past your nice house and say, yo, these people, they are thieves. Fire will burn them. They see your nice car drive by, and they say, oh, that's a cocaine dealer. He will never prosper. There are people who are going to hate you for no cause. Jesus told his disciples, you will receive a hundredfold blessings on this earth with persecutions. It comes with the package. But he will deliver you from all your enemies 
They may hate you, but that is all they can do. They cannot legislate it against you. They cannot execute the hatred against you. They may not seek your welfare, but God seeks your welfare. God seeks your welfare. Don't be bothered about how many enemies you have. Be more concerned about your covenant with God. You are a covenant child of a covenant God. And he will watch over his word to perform it. And you will be under the blessing of Abraham. It's deliverance from enemies. The blessing of Abraham, number six, is the blessing of producing kings and nations. Not only will descendants be numerous, but he will also have nations and rulers of nations. Consequential people will come out of you. Effective people, rulers of the marketplace, rulers, rulers, people who are powerful. It's a blessing of Abraham. Sometimes it may be your biological child. Sometimes even in church, it may be somebody you taught at Sunday school. You will produce a king, you produce a queen in Sunday school. Sometimes in your neighborhood, it's some young boys and girls you gather together and taught the Bible. And out of them, kings are rising and queens are rising because there is a blessing upon you. There is a blessing upon you. Your descendants will be great. That which is coming out of you will be consequential. Even if you don't have a biological child, the people you touch, the lives you speak into, greatness is being imparted into them because you carry the blessing of Abraham. It says, kings shall come out of you. And the blessing of Abraham is becoming a blessing to the world. God said to Abraham, I will bless you and make you a blessing. People will testify about you. People will say, if I had not met you in life, I wouldn't be where I am. People you don't know will meet you in the street and say, thank you, because you touched my life, you changed my life. Somebody will shake your hand and say, thank you for what you did for me. And you say, but I never knew you. But even sometimes works and activities that you are not aware of will bless people. The blessing of Abraham makes you an addition, not a subtraction. You are a blessing. I will bless you so that you will be a blessing. Christ has redeemed us from Mount Ebal so that the blessing of Abraham might come upon us through faith. And how did that happen? On the cross. For it is written, cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles. If you are a born-again Christian, these blessings are upon you. Now you can, you can force yourself under the curse. Because I see a lot of believers force themselves under the curse. That is why Paul writing to the Galatians. He says, Galatians, what's wrong with you? Oh, foolish Galatians. Don't you know you've been redeemed? The thing that you've been set free from, you want to go back to it? Because people normally like bondage. People like bondage. So you go to, sometimes you go to a church and all they preach is the curse of the Lord, the curse of the Lord, the curse of the Lord. If you don't do it, you are cursed. You are cursed, you are cursed. And, and that's where you like it. That's where you go. Because some of you will leave service here and go for all night to go and hear the curse of the law. 
somebody that terrifies you with fear and reads all these curses. Do you see? Is it in the Bible? Yes. Have you read God say you are cursed? Yes. Do you know? Yes. But he never goes to Galatians. That tells you the effect of that curse, that Christ has redeemed you from it. The record is there, but the record has been canceled. The file is there, but the file is of no effect. There is a record, but the record is of no effect. It is in the Bible, but you have been redeemed from the curse of the Lord. Somebody say, I'm redeemed. So what does the believer have to do? You spend your time on the blessing of Abraham. If I was you, I'm going to take all these blessings of Abraham that has been read and I'm going to read it upon my life daily because this is my heritage. This is my portion. This is what Christ went to the cross to achieve for me. He went to the cross so that the blessing of Abraham might come upon me. Amen. Thank you for listening to Living Word. To interact with Pastor Mensah Otebil, like his page on Facebook. Follow him on Twitter at Mensah Otebil. Email otebil at centralgospel.com or call plus 233-302-688-000.